0: But we're going to continue in this series called Provision And as you came in, if you received the bulletin or if you've seen the uh, post that we have It's supposed to of an individual and it seems like he's on a journey And the Lord would have us to comprehend this month that your life is a life of journey And we hope that this morning you can see that God is actually taking you somewhere that you're not just going in circles to get dizzy and to be confused about life. But that God has you in the palm of his hands. And that God is the one that is directing. And that God is leading you. And it's important that we first understand in any movement of God, you must understand that he is provider. He is provider. He is your provider. Because God is calling you to make some decisions that may seem foolish in the natural realm but it is trusting God that he is provider. And the Bible tells us that Abraham heard the voice of God. So I want to pray for your ears this morning that you will hear from God a revelation that will cause you to move in the direction that God has for you. Father, I just pray now in the name of Jesus that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We will not miss this miracle. Creative miracles, Lord, is what you are releasing because of your favor. For those who hear, for those who have an ear to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying to the church that we may be mobilized to join the movement of what the Holy Spirit is doing in the earth. We thank you for the victory. We thank you that we are overcomers. We thank you that we will not be moved by the news. But we'll only be moved by the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that you want to and you have equipped us to release us into an area of influence. Let's say right there. Into an area of influence where you have graced us to be. So let us not be somewhere you don't want us Lord. Let us be connected to the place of influence that you have us. And for those who have made decisions, Lord, to say yes to your best and have made commitments to step out and made financial commitments, Lord, we pray that even right now, on the sound of my voice, they will hear you saying, I am pleased with you. We give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For those who are watching via live stream and uh, Facebook and those who will be listening to this message once we put it uh, on our website, I want you to understand that we need to uh, uh, listen to what the spirit is saying And Abraham is, is the patriarch That kind of is the, the, the father of our faith And Abraham uh, was given a promise from God He says you will have a child You will have a seed And so here is Abraham now Received that promise from God But there was a period of waiting It always seems that when God gives you a prophetic word that There is a time of waiting That we must go through So just accept it now. There will be a time of waiting. Now, there are moments when it's instantaneous and God just does it right away. But more than not, He typically wants us to wait because I believe that word has to simmer into every part of your body. It's got to get from your head and it's got to get into your heart. It's got to get from your head to your heart and finally get to your hand. It's got to get from your head to your heart to your hand, so your feet will move. So that every part of your body is moving in the direction of that rainbow word that God just gave to you. And that's for somebody here this morning. That God gave you a word but it's still just, it's, it's, it's simmering right around in your head. And you don't know whether it's the pizza you ate last night you know what I mean? You, you don't really know what it is, but you know that you know that you know that there's more for you to do, and there's more that God wants for you to do. Uh, you might be in a situation right now that everything around you just doesn't doesn't look right, but but you have this prophetic word, this this word that you're holding on to, and it's just right here right now, and you're trying to to be persuaded. It it's, it comes in, it goes, and 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 you know that that this is. What I have to do, but you're struggling with, how is God going to do it? I mean, you, you know that God can do it, but you wonder how is God going to do it? Well, and now it's got to move to your heart. It's got to move to your heart. It's got to find a resting place in your heart. Because once it gets to your heart, it becomes a truth. And in applying that truth, it sets you free from the opinions and the persuasion of men. And so now you have what we call, write this down, convictions. You see, conviction has to get from your head as a good idea to your heart. It is a God thing. And it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying, I'm going to hold to this conviction. So Abraham received this word that moved from his head and it got to his heart. And we know it did because when it first came to his head, he tried to figure it on his own. And therefore he got somebody else involved. You feel what I'm saying? So God gave him a promise and said, Well, it's not going to come through me. I've been waiting and it hasn't come to pass yet. So maybe the work of man's hand needs to come into place now. And so his wife says, Maybe you need to to go with this woman and and, and it's going to come from this woman. You, you You see, when it gets to a point when you don't see things happening, we try to find other things to plant our seed into. And so it does give birth... Because you understand the DNA of the call in your life God doesn't take it away So that's why you got to be specific Where you plant your seed And so as a result of that We see that something came out And God still in the midst of all that Protected that seed Because it came through Abraham In the midst of a dry and a thirsty place where, Where the mother of Ishmael felt there was no hope Here comes the angel of the Lord And says no I'm coming to refresh this thing Because I understand the seed of Abraham And so when it just stays in your head, you're going to use your hand to do things. And all of a sudden we have a conflict now that's been raging for centuries because of one decision centuries ago. So it's important that as a church that we understand the importance of a seed and where it is planted. And so finally now after Abraham waited on God and God did come to pass. God did bring it to pass. God did come true because Abraham gave birth to a son. He came through. And all of a sudden now, God says, I want you to take this child and I want you to go sacrifice this child on a mountain. Right. Hold on a 2nd Your God. You just told me this promise. And I waited for this promise. Now you want me to go and sacrifice this promise? And so here it is now that I don't think everyone could have told his, his wife. Because she would says, said, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 we're not doing this. And so here they're on this journey together and uh, they get to the place and all of a sudden the son asks I see the wood I see the fire I see everything but where is the sacrifice and Abraham now because it went from his head to his heart says God himself will provide the sacrifice See, that's where we need to get to. God Himself, and that, from that I believe the Apostle Paul when he wrote to the Philippian church as we've, been, as we've been journeying through that, I believe all of that was resonated in the Apostle Paul that he was reflecting back on the story of Abraham and all of that. And when he heard those words, as he was remembering as a child being taught the Torah, he was being taught the five books of the Bible, they must have told Paul about the story of Abraham and how he became the father of faith and how he says God will provide Himself. Oh, the sacrifice. The sacrifice. And so here is provision now. And here is, here is Isaac now. In his hands, he's holding the very provision that God has given. He's holding the wood. He's holding all the things in his hands. And he's walking. And, and his father is trusting God. And he finally, you know the story, he gets to the place. And and all of a sudden now, he takes the sword and he pulls up the sword And he's about to kill his son And then God says Abraham Now I know Now I know That my promises went from your head And it's gotten to your heart Because I'm seeing what your hand's about to do Before your hand got involved And it created chaos Now your hand is involved And is causing conviction And he says don't He says, now look, and there it was. The ram was stuck in the place of provision. And Abraham says, this place will be Jehovah-Jireh, for he will provide. And if you and if I don't have that cemented in our mind, and in our heart, we will not understand the process and we'll be frustrated and we'll continue to go in circles and be confused. So this concept of provision, this message of provision, is so powerful because God is saying, I have equipped you, church. I have equipped you to do the work of ministry. I have equipped you for your generation. I have equipped you for this time, for this moment, for this season. Can you imagine if every single one of us, under the sound of my voice, would live in a place of total conviction to the promises of God and know that He's provided to bring His promise to pass, what kind of people would we be? What kind of people would we be? We'd be so attractive to this world that they would step out of their darkness and say, I'm going to follow these people because they're living a life of conviction. A life of conviction. And so it's important that we understand that. And so all that being said, we want to now take a look at Psalms 23. Psalms 23. As I got home, as I got home last week, Fired up and still on cloud nine with that message that God brought about redemption and the things He showed us in that message. I sat in my chair and I said, Lord, what would you want me to share next week in this provision series? As I sat there, I went through a couple of different scriptures, but then I, I found myself in Psalms 23, arguably probably the most popular text in the Bible, definitely in the Old Testament. Psalms 23. It is read at funerals. It is read all over the place, this particular Psalms. Psalms 23. And while David didn't write all of the Psalms, most and probably every commentator believed that this particular Psalm was written by David. Psalms 23. And I sat in my chair and God said, I want you now to teach from Psalms 23. The four things that he showed me is what I want to share with you in our time together. And he says, I want you to share from Psalms 23. And here's what he wants me to do. He said, I said, okay, Lord. And then he reminded me as I was going to get gas on my car. He says, now what date is Sunday going to be? And I said, the 23rd. I don't know about you. Maybe God didn't talk to you that way. But I'm sitting in my chair and I'm thinking about the date. He gives me Psalms 23. I'm going to get feel. And all of a sudden, see, that's why God, will all, God is speaking to you and I. Yeah. He's speaking. So we need to be listening. Yeah. And here he says, now, what date? I'm like, wow, God. He says the 23rd. I was like, okay. All right. So I'm in my car and I'm driving now. And, and I enjoy sports. I, I, I do. Okay. And all of a sudden, I'm driving in my car, and I first called Meg. I said, Meg, can you believe this? The Lord gave me Psalms 23, and it's on the 23rd day of October. That's awesome. That's exciting. I hang up the phone with her. She's like, okay, honey. Oh, okay, sweetheart. <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks, babe. It's tough to get it out. And so I'm driving now, and all of a sudden, I'm like, 23. And I have this idea of all these athletes, these successful athletes, who wears number 23. And I'm sitting, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. And I'm like, oh my word, and I'm seeing this thing. I have to call Larry. I said, Larry, <laughs> hey, I need, I need you to make me a shirt, man. That's gonna say 23, and it's gonna say Prober- uh, sorry, Provision 23 on it. And we're gonna make them available. So, because listen, when I got that rep, that insight from God, he says called Provision 23. You'll never, the way I'm gonna reveal Psalms 23 to you, you want to be on this team. You don't want your last name on there. You want provision on the back of that shirt. Provision 23. And I said, Larry, man, you think we could do it by Sunday? He's (laughs) like, God bless Larry. He's like, "Eh." well, you know, Pastor Roe, okay. (laughs) That's his answer to me. He's like, okay. Um, I don't think we can do it. Okay, but you know what I mean? But at least I threw it out there. So I'm fired up about this, and I'm like, oh my goodness, Psalms 23, just powerful. So we want to make sure that it's literally going to say on the back, 23, it's going to be provision 23 on the back of it, because I believe in this, this month that you're receiving this revelation from God, and it's changing your life, it's changing your life. So let us go and read Psalms 23 together, shall we do that? Let's read together. I'm reading from the New King James Version, Psalms 23. It begins, it's a six verses, so we can read it all together. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my bald head with oil. Come on. My cup runs over. Surely. Woo, all. And I will. Forever. Clap your hands for that psalm. My goodness. Clap your hands for that psalm. Now, in my study of this particular psalm, I have always thought, I've always thought that the entire analogy of this psalm was about the shepherd. That from the moment it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. All the way to when it says, you prepare a table before me, in the presence of my enemy. I always thought the entire, the totality of it was about the shepherd. And as I was studying and I was reading, many commentators believe that God then switches from the shepherd who's leading to a gracious host now who is welcoming into the house. So what I thought was consistent is now we're seeing two different aspects of God. As a shepherd leading his people, but then all of a sudden somewhere in the journey, oh God so he begins as a shepherd leading his people but somewhere in this journey that you're on he now gets to a place where he now says come on in he's the gracious host that's so gracious and given so somehow in this journey he switches And the Lord said to me, this is why I want you to preach on this particular psalm. Because even though I am changing or I transition from a shepherd, now I'm revealing myself, my characteristics as a gracious host. One thing that is consistent, Rowan, about me that you will find in the psalms is that I'm a provider. Is that provision is there right when you start and provision is there right when you come into here. So the three things I want to talk to you about, and we're going to give you the four things I extract from this, is first of all, I'm going to talk to you about how to live in the field. How to live in the field. With God being your shepherd, you're out in the field. This is your place of employment. This is your place of creativity. This is a place where God has you. It's out in the field. It is you being an expert in your particular area. Now, some of us may not be happy where we are, Because that's not what God has for us. I'm telling you, in 2017, you want to step into exactly where God has you to be. Where your energy and your passion everything lines up with being productive in what you're doing. Now, I'm telling you, a lot of people know that God, where you are, God doesn't want you there. But you're there because you see security in that. And it takes a lot of faith to step out of that. But when you know that God is your provider, and He's the source of your provision... You see that employment as a vessel and not the voice. Don't let your paycheck speak volumes or speak louder than God. Because the truth be told, when you look at your paycheck, you still don't have enough to finish the month. So you might as well understand, I don't have enough of this voice, so it's simply a vessel. The voice is what has all the abundance I need. It is the voice of the Lord. So we're going to talk about the field. And on this journey, everyone us we begin right here in the field. And the end, the third one right now, is the feast. This is a place of tremendous abundance. The table has been set. It is obvious, this is the place of feasting, of abundance, of resources. But in between the feast and the field, we find ourselves right here in the place of fear. And so we know that there's more because we've been out in the field and we've been told about the feast and it's not about when you get to heaven and you sit down with that lamb. Come on. It's not an exit plan. This is an empowerment plan. Right? Because if it was an exit plan, the moment you accepted Christ, you take you out of here. So the fact you said yes to Jesus and you still were breathing the next minute, it's not an exit strategy. It's an empowerment strategy. So we want to get to the place of feasting, of the abundance of God. But right here we stand in the middle of what we call fear. Fear that grips us on this journey. And so Psalms 23 then is a great psalm to help us to move through this so we can get from here and we can move through here so we can get to here. Okay? So let's deal first of all with the field. Let's deal with the field. And so the first thing we want to look at then in this particular psalm is we want to look at the shepherd and his sheep. We want to look at the shepherd and his sheep. The shepherd and his sheep. And so it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. One of the better translations for this is that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. So my abundance is not in my capability, my abundance is in the shepherd. Because the shepherd is equipped out in the field. He has to be Because when you are a shepherd Typically the owner is the one that's leading the sheep But there are times when he delegates that to his children Who has a vested interest in the success of the economy Because the sheep were the economy They had to be healthy And so here it is we see now That that it's important then that, That we recognize that the Lord is our shepherd We don't lack anything I know that's hard to comprehend sometimes, because even in my own life, especially last year, when I'm getting that notice on my door saying, hey, you don't have enough for rent, and I get an an eviction notice coming to me, at that moment I was looking at my own strength and realized, no, I definitely am lacking something. But when I look at this particular psalm out in the field, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. So accepting Jesus then, or accepting God as the shepherd, is a good thing. It now gets me to a place of abundance. I don't see it yet, but it gets me to a place of not seeing it, but I know it's there. Okay? So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack... So in other words now, as I looked at my journey throughout my Christian life and the many pastors that I've had, the many pastors God has given to me, and I would look to my pastor now for something, but guess what? The more I looked to him, I found out that there were certain things that they lacked. Not because they weren't loving, not because they weren't compassionate, but because they were humans. They're not God. Right, So it's my starting place, but I have to understand that, that my source is God. He is the shepherd, but he puts me in relationships out in the field. Right, And so, and so what's neat about this, when you look at the scriptures, even though there were times like Abraham, you know, who, was, who, who, who was the owner, and he would be leading his sheep, for the most part, it was delegated by a family member. Family member. And so people wonder, when did David write this particular psalm? Did he write it at first when he was out in the field? When when, when, uh, uh, the prophet came, the prophet Samuel came, anoint the next king? Is that when David wrote it when he was out in the field? Or was it when David, after a long time of this experience with God, he's now old, and he spent a long time with God, did he now write the psalms at this particular time? And the reason why we can wonder is because David said, I remember when I was young, and now I'm old. But the one consistent thing that I've seen I've seen some enemies try to take me out Enemies within and enemies without I've seen some ups and downs I've seen some valleys So when I was young, I was forsaken Come on I was out in the field while the brothers were in the house And when I got old, I was out here running and doing everything else But one thing I do know is that I've never seen the righteous forsaken Nor is seed begging bread Come on David, in one declaration, killed that spirit of poverty right there. And he says, I may not have a lot, but one thing I do is I'm not lacking anything. So don't confuse the difference with not having stuff and having the source. Because when you have the stuff, it can run out, but when you got the source, you got a perpetual supply. And that's what David said. He says, when I was young, out in the field, with nobody else around, I was equipped to take care of my daddy's sheep. Come on. Mm-hmm. I was equipped, I had provision, I had provision for for this assignment. I wasn't sent out with this assignment without having provision. Listen to me, God has called you, yes, He's called you with an assignment, and He's provided for you whatever you need. If that assignment is a relationship, He's provided what you need in that relationship. Huh? He's provided and so when I was talking to a friend at work and they were talking about relationship and I said, hey, I'm a relationship coach and I just I enjoy doing that. And I did my thing about how I talk about the purpose of marriage and I'm taking them around and everything like that and I was, and I was talking. He's like, oh my goodness, that's awesome. And I said, yeah. I said, let me tell you the three things for successful s- s- marriage. Three things that God has given to you. First of all, you've got to know the scriptures. You've got to know the scriptures. You've got to know the Bible. Any relationship that's not based on the Bible will never work. It'll never work. I don't care how cute it is. It'll never work. I don't care how fine she is like a fox. It's never going to work. Huh? Foxy-loxy. It doesn't work. If there's no scripture connected to it, it will never work. Eventually you will see. And so it begins first with the scriptures. What does God say about it? Because, because he's my shepherd. I don't like anything. So I'm not coming to this relationship because I'm empty and I need you to fill something for me. I'm already full because God is my source. So I step in this relationship to see God. Because I read it in the scripture, I want to now see it. Come on, huh? So the question is, what is in your hands? Do you have the scriptures in your hands? And so the second thing I told, I said, so it's the scripture. The second thing is, you have to understand the science. Ladies are, they're weird. I mean, they are high maintenance. Come on, somebody. Come on, man. I'm supposed to assume what you're thinking. Huh? Yes, amen. Hey, amen. It's, it's like, Megan. I said, did you hear me? I said, I didn't hear a word you said. So we're different. So I've got to understand the science behind God's creation. That means I've got to study her. And she's got to study me. I've got to become a student of relationship then. And so I have to change, not her. I've got to change to line up with what God is showing me. Because I don't like anything. Because when I don't understand how God has wired her, I then try to love her based on what I need. And I'm putting things on her that she possibly can't do because she's not the source of my fulfillment. Love you, babe, but she's not the source. Right? And so I've got to understand the science of it. Your personality. How do you think you're quiet? Okay, all that stuff that goes with it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. I, you, I said, baby, you're high maintenance, and that's a good thing. I mean, you keep me busy, and that's a good thing because the men, I gotta work, right? I gotta work. And the third thing is this: is the skills that are necessary to have a healthy relationship. There are skills involved. Communication doesn't happen because I talk. That's called conversation huh you can come with a dog come on that doesn't mean getting fulfillment right as much as we love animals and they're great everything like that but we're talking about human relationship now right so I have to have the skills necessary and those things take work and that throughout my entire life and so David now recognizes he says hey listen when I was young when I was young I've never seen the righteous forsaken and now when I'm old I've never seen the righteous forsaken right or the seed begging bread and so here it is now that this relationship that I'm in it takes work it takes work Does that make sense? It takes work But he has me out on the field He has me out here Why? Because he's given me an assignment He's given, he's given you an assignment There's an assignment that he's given to every single one of us And we have to steward that assignment And so therefore we're here We're out on the field And here's the thing though Here's the thing We're out in the field It we think we're alone But God says no you're not alone You're not alone I've sent a prophetic word to come your way So remain faithful out in the field. A prophetic word is coming. God has to line everything up. So while you're out in the field, what you should be doing, God, thank you. You're my shepherd. I don't like anything. I'm out in this field, but I don't like anything. There might be nothing around me, but I am equipped for this assignment. Why? Because my father told me, go take care of those sheep. I'll remain faithful to this assignment and the provision of God before I can get to the feast. I've I've got to stay here. I've got to stay here. And so while I'm here, while I'm here, I am waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. We've been looking to the life of Joseph. And we've been studying Joseph. And it's interesting because in Psalms 80 verse 1. Listen to what Psalms 80 verse 1 says. It says, give ear, give ear, O shepherd of Israel. You who led Joseph like a flock. You are enthroned upon the cherubim. Shine forth. So hear all of this with Joseph. When his father says, Hey Joseph, go into the field and see how your brothers are doing. I believe that's a prophetic word for the church. That the twelve sons of Jacob represents the nation of Israel. And he's saying, go see how the nation, go see how the church is doing in the field. Oh. See how my sons and those I've gifted with enough, given them delegated authority and responsibility. Joseph, the favored one, the increase, increase is coming. Right. To see how you're doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so here it is now. That God wants to reveal the heart of this nation by bringing favor into the place. You will always tell what's in your heart when favor comes up, and if it's not on you, because jealousy starts to rise up. Because how come I'm not favored? not recognize that God has packaged something inside of that individual for you. And if we understand relationship, we'll get the very thing we need. Why? Because you said yes to what God told you to do. And God said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to bring provision for you. So when that relationship comes, right? When that relationships come, because you're in the scripture, because you know the science, because you know the skill, you won't be deceived. And you can recognize when something's coming. You can recognize. He says, oh, look at God. I've been out here in the field. And look at God. God is bringing provision for me. Because he's never going to leave me. He's bringing provision. He's bringing provision. And every time I'm doing this, I'm just seeing the spirit. that like, God is pulling some of you closer. He's just pulling some of you closer. I'm bringing provision for this city. I'm bringing provision for Mary. And I'm bringing provision for Delaware. I'm bringing provision. I'm bringing provision, saith God. And here is Joseph now. He goes out. And he says, have you seen my brothers? And I believe it's a prophetic word that God is saying. We're never going to unify just because we have a date on the calendar. Let's just call a meeting. We unify when our hearts come together with our assignment from God. And we can recognize and say, God has an assignment for us out in the field. Out in the field. Out in the field. Help me, Holy Spirit, to bring this. And here he is now. Here he is. He tells him, I want you to go. Go into the field, Joseph. Why? Because we see here that God was shepherding Joseph. He wasn't necessarily Jacob. Jacob was the vessel. But God was the one that was with Joseph. And he was the one with David. And he's the one with you. He's the one with you. He's pastoring you. Yes, he is. God is pastor. Out in the fields, he's pastor because he then goes in, Je- in, in in John chapter 10. He says, Jesus comes and says, I'm the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd. And he says, watch this now. He says, I come, and, and I, I don't come in some back door. I come through the front door. Because anyone that tries to climb over the fence, climb over your conviction, come on, climb over your values, watch out. Right. Be careful how they got in. Come on, somebody. They got to come through the front door. And it's the front door where you understand that just lays there. It's coming through the front door of truth. And Jesus now says, I lay down, because when you're out in the field and you make the fold for the sheep to go in, there's only one entrance, one way to go in, one way to come out. And the only thing the shepherd knows to do is to lay their life down and to say, before you get to them, you got to come through me. Because I'm faithful to my assignment, because I lack nothing. And all of that, this is, I refuse to lose a sheep. I take personal interest, personal interest in taking care of this thing. So the gift that God has given to you, it's to steward it because God is the one that gave you this gift. And so He uses people like myself. He uses pastors to, to, to get you to a place where you recognize that we are just leading you to what God has for you. I often tell people and I'd say, when I find out what God has put inside of you, I'm like a pit bull. Because we need that gift, we need that gift to come out so that we can guess what bless the body of Christ. So you can recognize and say, "Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing today? How are things out in the field?" When David was sent by his, by, by his father to see how his brother he brought provision. So David was bringing provisions. How are you guys doing? How are you doing in this battle? How are you doing in that financial? area How are you doing in this relational area? He was coming with a provision. He wasn't coming to pry. And so, a good pastor, a good pastor. We got many of them in this city, and we pray for them and we lift them up because they need to come and to ask the question, "How are you doing?" It's important that, as a pastor, that we live a life that we, Peter says, don't do it out of out of compulsion. Don't don't do it out of manipulation. That you must, as a pastor, find out how you doing. Because you answer to the chief shepherd. And it's critical, it's important. And I believe in these last days, we have to pray for pastors to rise up, to stand up in these last days, and to have a backbone, to have spine, and to come out into the field and say, how are you doing? And come with the gifts that God has given to them, and release that gift into your life so you walk in the power, and in the authority, and in the delegation of the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's what it is. Because some of you made some great decisions that you believe that you heard from God about making these choices. So when you walk into this house, I've got to make sure I bring a rhema word every single time. Because I, in my limitation, can't find out what's going on every single one of you. But God, who is your shepherd, and you know you don't lack anything, God knows exactly where you are. Am I preaching to anybody today? Yes, you're not alone. You're not alone. The shepherd and his sheep. And he says, my sheep hears my voice. They, they know my voice. And the stranger, they will not answer. Huh? you got to be careful. Don't, don't talk to every stranger. Come on. Huh? you got to be careful who you're talking to because they try to talk you out of your promise. Hmm? Talk you out of your purpose. God doesn't do that anymore nowadays. Come on. Didn't work for me. Why is it going to work for you? You're seriously trusting God? He's the one that did this. He's the one that did that. And they're living out of guilt and not living out of grace. And they're funding this guilt account as opposed to funding this grace account. I look over my life and we don't deserve this at all. We don't deserve this at all. It's simply the grace of God. It is God's grace upon my life that the honor and the ability to stand before you every Sunday and to be able to minister, it's the grace of God. This is not because of my own ability, my comprehension ability. Come on, no way. It is simply the grace of God and I want to stay in that grace. I stay in that grace. So it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So there's nothing you lack. So now when you pursue relationships, you're not pursuing them out of lack. You're pursuing them because you want to hear the voice of God. He says, my sheep knows my voice. They know my voice. And I go before them and they come in and they follow me because they know my voice. They know my voice. Moses now, when he was uh, being transferred from his place of leadership, um, he says, God, you need to raise up somebody to lead these people. In Numbers 27, verse 15 and 17, he says, So someone may go out before them and come before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that this congregation of the Lord, he says in Numbers 27, they may not be like sheep without a shepherd. We need relationships. I hope you get in that point, we need relationships. So what did the shepherd have? What is it the shepherd had that equipped him? So here is David now. He's out and, and, and uh, Samuel comes. He's, he's about to, to anoint the next king. He's been told by God. And here is Samuel on the way with the oil. Here is Samuel on the way with the oil. Now anoints my head with oil. So here is Samuel now. Comes with the oil. And he comes to the house. And he says, God has sent me here to anoint the next king. And he says, um, Okay. So they bring the brothers, and they, they line up the brothers, and, and the oil wouldn't even leave the horn that it was in. It wasn't like that. It was this animal thing It was made out, and they, would, and they knew if it was God, because what it required was the breaking of the seal, and it would come, and there was evidence that this person was anointed of God. It was that important. It wasn't like we just you know dab on somebody. I mean, it was literally the whole on them place of consecration and authority and acceptance of God. And so here he comes, and the oil wouldn't move. The oil wouldn't move. And then the prophet said, I know I heard from God. I know I heard God's voice. Do you have another son? In other words, I'm going to stay right here until you give birth to another child. That's how convinced I am that I heard from God. I'll wait the nine months. Go get busy. Come on. I'll wait the nine months because I know I heard from God and I'm not I'm not afraid of waiting. <laughs> because he's in the waiting. Huh? And so he says, Go ahead. And so he says, Well, there is one more. Someone say, I'm that one more. <laughs> Come on, gather place. There, there's still one more. Say, I'm that one more. <laughs> but he's not in the house, he's out in the field. I sent him on an assignment And he's so faithful to that assignment That he's out there And we know that David When he was out there was equipped Because he tells the story of the battle of Goliath He tells his brothers What he was doing when he was out in the field He wasn't just wasting time He was doing God's work He says a, a, a lion tried to come and take the economy from us Because <laughs> it wasn't just about me It was about us And I saw that lie And I took care of that joker And then a bear tried to come, and I took care of that as well. And the same God out in the field, oh, God, the same God who delivered me will also deliver you into my hands, Goliath. Because my conviction has moved from my head to my heart. And so in my hands, I've got a weapon. Ah, And so he's equipped. And so David now, Equipped. And so it tells that, that the shepherd They had a staff They had a staff So the first point is this The first point is the shepherd and the sheep The second point is this We're going to get to the scenery and your soul The scenery and your soul So while David now Has the staff This thing that identified him It also says that some shepherds right, Would have a flute as well That they would carry and they would play So David is out in the field but he doesn't forget worship. <laughs> he says, I, I need to worship. And so as he is worshiping, he's watching. He's watching while he's worshiping. And he's taking care of the sheep because they've got to hear his voice. And so there's a level of worship. There's a place that you get to in worship where you hear this new song, this, 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 this level of worship that becomes a weapon. Ooh, God. So you can sing a song from memory, but there are certain songs from experience. Come on, somebody. You can sing a song from memory, but there are certain songs from experience. And so David was writing these psalms based on his experience with God. And when you get a hold of a song that really just speaks to your experience, come on, somebody. You're able to play a song and there's nobody else around, but you're rejoicing, you're celebrating God because God has equipped you with worship and a walking stick. <laughs> He knows that you've got to lead these sheep so He gives you a walking stick and He gives you worship. And so when your walk matches your worship, nothing can touch those that you're responsible for. When your walk matches your worship out in the field, God is preparing now to get the throne. And so here it is now that he says, I have one more. He says, bring him in. Bring this last one. And he comes in. And, and you know the story. He takes the oil. He pours it over him. And here is Joseph now. I mean, sorry, here is David. He's anointed. He's anointed to be king. But he had to wait. He had to wait. He had to wait. So we're out in the field. The second thing now is the scenery and the soul. And the Bible says that he leads me beside. He leads me to green pastures pastor represents, the green pastures. represent a place where the sheep can eat, they have to eat and so they have to be a place where it's fresh and it's, and it, and it's provision and they're eating and he says he leads them not only to a place of, of, of a place of replenish but he also leads them to a place of rest a place of rest, the body of Christ needs to rest we are so much in all these tomas, we're going to up and down and God wants to bring us back to creation a place of rest So as a church, I commit to you, we will do more but do less. That we want you to have a time when you are resting. We're not going to keep you so busy, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're all over the place. No, there has to be a time where you just rest in the promises of God. Because if I feed you right, if I feed you the Rhema Word of God, you will feel so satisfied living off of the Rhema Word, the bread of heaven, that you get to a place that I've got to rest. And it says because the sheep doesn't drink when the water is troubled. It's gotta be a nice place of smooth where the water is calm and it calls, it's it's a place of rest. And so we want to take you from the field and we want to get you to a place now where things are at rest. Jesus promised us, I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to give you rest. I don't know about you, but if you look at what's going on in the world, people are tired. People are exhausted. They're doing more. And you're getting less results. We're doing all kinds of things. And God is saying to us now, rest! If I'm leading you, I'm going to lead you to a place of rest. A place of rest. Because I fed you. And you're eating. And so in this place now of rest, the they eat from the green pastures and they and they find rest. And the shepherd now says, okay, we got to go. Because I can't, I'm not staying in the field. I've got to get to the feast. And so he now says to them, okay, all right, I restore your soul. Your soul, your mind, your will, your intellect. He restores the part of us that when it gets damaged, a damaged soul is a dangerous place to be. A damaged soul. And you've probably heard me say this, and I'll say it again. My damaged soul came when my father walked out of my life. Damaged my soul. I love Jesus. I accepted Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. But that exit strategy from my dad caused me to be a wound in my soul. Yes. Yes. And so I'd come and I would worship. Yes, I would. And I would walk, but every now and then would freaking push on that part. And I'm trying to rest, but he's pushing on it. And, and I'm trying to rest, but he's pushing, so I'm agitated. And I'm, and I'm moving like this because of the realm of my soul, the air of the soul. And God wants to heal our soul. He wants to heal our mind, our will, our intellect. He wants to heal our soul. And he does that because he breathed into man, and what the Bible says, he became a living soul. So God wants to restore your soul by breathing his spirit. <sighs> So when you're at this place now, receive the rhema, the wind of God that just speaks to you and it restores your soul. Why? Because God is your provider. It's God that led you to this place. Why? Not to remind you of the past, but to restore you. But to restore you. How many of you are at a place of rest right now? I want to ask that question. How many are at a place of rest? Come on. You're at a place of rest. You just know, God, I'm trusting you. I know everything's not okay, but I'm at a place of rest. Yes, rest in the promises of God. Rest. My finances are in trouble. Get to the place of rest. My children, get to the place of rest. My work, get to the place of rest. Get to the place of rest because the shepherd is leading. And I think I heard Jesus says, Come on to me, all he that labor and are heavily, and I will give you rest. He says, Come on to me. Come on to me. Eat from my word. I'm going to give you rest. And so here it is now, the one thing to us, So we got to the field. I'm hurrying, and here it is now. We get to the place of where we call the shadow of death. The shepherd now he knows has to get to the feast, right? And so, A.J. He knows that that's the destination, and the sheep has to trust him. Why don't you go around? <laughs> nope, I had to go through the valley. Why don't you go above? I gotta go through the valley. And in life as a believer, you will have valley experiences. You will have valley experiences. And here's where it is He says, He goes on, He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley. That's the difference. I walk through the valley, I don't get to the valley of the shadow of death, and I stay there. Uh-uh. you walk through the valley because you know where you're going and the shepherd he's the one that's leading he's like come on let's go let's go and now is when the equipment it's now the provision that is so important yes when he was out in the field it was important to be equipped but now he has to use the equipment that God has provided for him why? for the safety of the sheep because in the valley it's in the valley where the prey hides out It's in the valley where there are steep rocks. It's in the valley. It's in the valley where there are obstacles and there are things that are trying to hinder us. It's in the valley. And so what happens sometimes is that there's a sheep who wanders off and it gets caught someplace because it wandered off from the shepherd. And guess what happened? In the staff, the staff that the shepherd had, it was the shepherd's hook. And it would go like this and the purpose of that was so it was an extension of the shepherd's heart. Oh God. I can't reach that place in my natural ability. So I'll take what God gave to me and it'll be an extension of my heart and my hand Come on. what is in his hands it's a staff and i know there are times when you're going through the valley you're going to wander out but i can't leave you there because i promised my father every one of you will make it home and so i can't leave you there i don't care what you did i gotta come get you i don't care where you went i gotta come get you because the staff is an extension of my heart I can't reach you. I can't just reach you by clapping my hands. Come on, you can do it. I can't just reach you by saying, come on, you can do it. No, no. I've got to get what God gave me. And He gave me a staff. And on the top of the staff there was a hook. And if I can just reach to that place where you're stuck and I can just get a hold of you it is the shepherd's heart that is an extension of his hands. And he said, I got you. And you're fussing up. And you're moving. But the shepherd won't leave you alone, baby. I'm extending my staff and I'm pulling you to me and I'm pulling you to me and I'm pulling you to me and I'm saying come back come back because we're going to make it to the feast, come back we will not sit down till you are sitting with us and this October, Pastor Appreciation Month I pray for every pastor on the side of my voice, extend your staff Religion will cause you to forsake your staff. Yes. Because the staff was the thing that identified a shepherd. Was if you had a staff in his hands. And what we have done is we've dropped the staff. But he's saying now, pick it up. I don't know about you, but I thank God I had a pastor one day who rescued me, who went and stretched out his staff and says, "I know you're in a hard place, Rowan, and I know you're in a place that he's trying to get you. I see him come, but I'm going to grit. I'm going to stretch out my staff, and I'm going to pull you in." And there's no relationship like a shepherd to a sheep. There's no relationship like that. You came for me. Yes, I did. You didn't leave me. I can't leave you. I can't leave you. Not when I'm equipped. I can't leave you. No, 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 no. I'm going to stay in this thing together. And we will get to the feast. We, I know the direction. I know you took a detour, but I know the direction. And I'm going to come after you. Stretch Out your hand and rescue so we see in the staff three things we see that we see first we see first the comfort the comfort knowing that the shepherd will never leave you that he's equipped to reach in those hard places but the staff also becomes a place of knowing your condition because you got injured in that right that fall really injured you and so I now need to come, I need to take it. And what the shepherd would do when the sheep were coming through, he would take his staff, He would take and he would move, pull back the wool. So we see if there's any sickness, any disease, anything that's trying to bug you, anything that's trying to hinder you from producing. And so you take the very staff, and that's where you've got to recognize the hand, because the hand, the hand that outstretched and reached you, you can trust it, it's a safe place. Why? Because you're checking me out. Ah, not to find my faults but to bring healing come on somebody and to let you know I can't leave you in that condition I've got to know the condition of my flock because you're part of the economy of God and he takes the staff and he moves it over and he pulls back the wool the things that try to hide come on those places you want no one to see the separate moose, so he can see it expose it for healing not expose it to hurt He already knows it's a painful thing. He saw the fall. He knows what you did. He knows the detour. But His grace was extended. And His grace pulled you up. And so now it's not only am I going to comfort you knowing I'm never going to leave you. I have to now know the condition. That fall, that fall, I know it caused damage. It had to. And I don't want you to blame me because I'm taking you to the valley of the shadow of death. I know the way. And so the comfort of the extended hand becomes the condition with the same staff. The same staff. And finally now, he has a rod in his hands. And the rod, this Hebrew word means a club. And what this rod is to use is when the shepherd, his extension can't reach. Right, Emily? So I'm I'm trying to reach you because, because I can reach you when you're caught in the place. But to reach you when an enemy's coming, I need, a different, I need another equipment. And so he switches from the staff that reaches out to, to the rod now that becomes the weapon. What he used to walk with now is not sufficient for the enemy coming after now. And so the shepherd now puts down the staff. And he takes the rod. And he sees what's going on. And he throws the rod as a weapon. And it goes right by you. And all you hear is So while was in his hands, he now releases it. And it goes like this. And it goes right by you. It's called correction. And what happens now is you get afraid. Whoa. But what you didn't see in the spirit world was that demon trying to detour you and kill you and so because I'm the shepherd I see what's ahead and I have to throw because I couldn't reach it because grace says, I've got to prevent you from getting hurt so I can't reach you this way I have to get a club that can go the distance come on survive and so correction takes you to the distance because you've got to get to your destiny and I take the rod now and I know they're going to get confused because one moment I'm reaching them in comfort another moment I'm knowing their condition but now I've got to bring correction and I know they're going to get confused but I've got to prevent them from getting killed by this animal and so I've got got to take what's in my hand. And it's painful as it is. I have to be very strategic in my correction. Like a surgeon. And I release the rod. And it kills that lion, that animal that's trying to eat you up. Yes. And it's nuts after I walk by you when I pick it up, you see, oh my goodness, I didn't know that thing was about to kill me. Yes. The shadow of death. The shadow of death. Now here's why we should fear no evil. In oh, Please give me five minutes if you think it. This guy goes long. Please, 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 watch this, watch this. The shadow of death. Then I talked about music, worship, right? How worship is important. The shepherd's that he's doing worship. David played the harp. And demonic forces went. When he would pray for Saul, the evil spirit would leave him, right? Worship is powerful when you understand it. And so 2 Chronicles 20, verse 20 Jehoshaphat, he's in this battle He says, send the army And so the army goes and they declare worship, right? And it brings confusion to, to the enemy And they all die And God didn't just say, okay, that's it He says, now go get the spoil Go get the provision Shadow of death, right? So he says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I fear no evil Here's why Because there's resources in the valley of the shadow of death Because we told the nation of Israel to go get the spoils from the enemy When they got that they were dead Come on somebody So when they stepped into that valley They saw shadows of death But they also saw the resources Come on somebody And they went and the Bible says in 2 Chronicles 20 That they were pulling the resources They were pulling the resources off the dead bodies When the enemy tries to come against you Come on somebody The spirit of God will lift up a standard When the enemy tries to come and get you It's a death notice for him and so three days they were bringing in the spoil from the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> Provision! Three days. Three days. And so here it is now. Okay. They get to the place now. And I finish with this. David now switches from the shepherd because he's brought the comfort. He checked the condition. He he He, he brought the correction. And they finally came through the valley of the shadow with no evil. And he now says, welcome home. <laughs> ah, I've been waiting for you. Because I'm omnipresent, I was with you in the field. Because I'm the same yesterday. I'm with you right now in the middle, today. And I'm the same God, come on, forevermore. So I have the ability as your source to be in all three places of your life. So I was with you in the field, I was with you in the place of fear, and now I'm with you in the feast. And he says, come on in. And he says this now, and I'm in end with this. This is so cool. This is absolutely, this is God showing off now. Watch God. It's how much God thinks about you now, because he got you to the place. He says, come on in. Come on in. And what they should do back in, in the Eastern time, where they would take the oil, huh, and they would pour it over you. It was a way of welcoming a guest that would come into your home. They would pour the oil over them. Just like David, when he was anointed, you come to the guest, he goes, oh yeah, you're anointed. And he pours it over them. And he now says, thou preparest a table in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. He prepares a table. Alright? So, AJ, I want you to come and have a seat. Reggie, come, come, come have a seat. Come on, come have a seat. Uh, Jerry, I want you to come. Come have a seat. Come up here. You made it, buddy. You, you made it, Reggie. Have a seat, man. Have a seat. You've been working hard. Come on, Jerry. Huh? The generations. Come on. We need the generations right here. Here's one of the generals in the faith. Come on. And they made it. And they made it. They knew God in the field. And yes, there was places of fear, trying to trying to be a man. Huh? But they made it to the feast. They were invited to the feast. And you hear that the feast now. And the Bible says he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. In other words, the enemy can't come in. The presence of the enemy means he's outside the window looking in. I can't get in. And here it is that you are feasting while the enemy is trying to get in. But he says, oh, God's showing his grace. You can't come in. You can't touch them. You tried to kill him in the field, but you couldn't do it. You tried to kill him in the valley, but you couldn't do it. I brought them home. So guess what? Come on home, baby. Come on home. Guess what? Because I'm Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. Have a seat. And he takes the oil and he anoints them. Right? He gets the oil and he anoints them he says I anoint you with your gifts and I anoint you with your gifts and I anoint you with your gifts because you can't stay here forever you're supposed to feast and go back in the field but I want to let you know come on that you're stronger now than when you first started back over here come on somebody because I was with you through the entire process now and so I want you to enjoy the feast because you got to go back out to the field again even stronger more bold more brave come on somebody take territory be my witness be my man that I've called you to be he says have a seat but let's feast for a little bit Let's feast for a little bit. And this is what we need to see. This is what we need to see. Jacob said to Joseph, go see how the church is doing. Are they sitting at the table enjoying their feast? My last point is this. Men, and we're going to talk about this next Sunday. It's a great segue. Thank you, Holy Ghost. They pays this to, to the Holy Ghost. David now got to a place of the feast. But he remembered his friend, Jonathan. Oh, God. I remember that relationship God provided for me to keep me because God called me. Jonathan took off his coat and says, you're going to be the next one. You're going to be the next one. Jonathan, who was next in line because his father was king, takes off his robe and puts it on them. And what I want to do is I want to take what God has clothed me and I want to put it on you, Reggie. I want to put it on you, Jerry. I want to put it on you, AJ. Right? Because now you're at the table. And then David says now, oh I gotta go. David says this. At the feast. Someone's missing. Did Jonathan have another child? Come on. Ooh. And they said, What? Not him. Not the one that that's lame. Oh god. He can't come to the feast? David said, I'm the one in charge. And it's in my table. And in the presence of my enemy, God protected me. Go call that boy. And here was a boy that was dropped because they were running from the enemy. And the the nurseman fell. And now he's lame. He's lame. And David now is saying, the church knows that there are lame men out there that we have to go get. Mama's boys who were running and fell (laughs) He now says Get them And bring them to the feast They can't walk But you can walk for them Come on, come on I hear you, I'm coming Come on I've never walked before But I'm walking for you I've got a staff And I'm bringing it to the feast. And I'm bringing it to the feast. And he brings Jonathan's son to the feast. And what the table is, my third point is this. The seat of success. Oh, God. That while he was lame and out there, they thought he was a failure. But when someone brought him to the feast, he took the seat of success. Come on, somebody! That here he was amongst men, amongst David's troops, amongst David's warriors who were anointed. And he comes now and they put him down, and he has his lameness, but the table covers his lameness. Oh. They couldn't see the very thing that they were. And so at the table, they're all seated at the table, and the lameness is hidden. And so we have men. We have men. I want to pray for a man. Can I do that? Huh? The seat of success, man. The seat of success. This is where you belong. Feasting at your father's table. Feasting at your father's table. Because Joseph is coming saying, How's it going, man? And at the table, you're now plotting to destroy your brother. You're plotting how to destroy the enemy. Because you're going back out into the field. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Every male in this place. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God has equipped you, John. God has equipped you. He has equipped you, Patrick. God has equipped you, Philip. He's equipped you, men, for the assignment. He's equipped you. He's equipped you. He's equipped you for the assignment. You need to get to the feast. The men are waiting for you to get to the seed of success. So when you put the jersey on, it doesn't say your last name. The jersey wears not shown off your name. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Provision number 23. Provision 23. Provision 23. Where am I men at? Come on, come on, man. I need for you to leave that seat and come to the seat of success. There's room at this table. I want you to come and get a seat at the table. Come on, you got to come and get a seat at the table. Every single male here who wants to be bold, who wants to be brave, come get a seat. Come on, come get a seat. Come get a seat. Grab a chair. Grab a chair. Come on, Pastor. Get a seat. 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 The seat of success. Come on, come on, Tim. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. We need you, man. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Get a seat. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, man of God. Hallelujah. Joseph. Go see how your brothers are doing. Joseph, I'm coming, brothers. I'm coming with favor. I'm coming. You're feasting at the table. The seat, the seat of success. The seat of success. I prophesy over every single one of you men over every single one of you I prophesy over you and I declare this day that though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death you will fear no evil for you will make it to the table in the presence of everyone who spoke anything over you any words spoken over you I rebuke every single word that was spoken over you that's from the devil. Devil, you are a liar. Now, men, as I launch you from this seat back into the field, you sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You are forever, perpetually seated at the seat of success equipped for your assignment to lead your home to lead your business and to lead the church in 2017 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah 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 Oh come on man, come on, come on, come on, come on. Your lameness has been hidden. Come on. You notice that it's a circle. Huh? It's a circle. 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 And when the enemy tries to get in, you lock arms and you block him from coming in. Because I am my brother's keeper. And when he tries to come in, you push him back. He says, you will not mess up this feast of festivities. You will not get into my brother. No, you got to come through me. You got to come through me. You got to come through me. Man, I call you blessed and favor of God. Church, thank you for allowing me to go over time. I appreciate it. But this is what God wanted to do. This is the dream team. This is the dream team. And on the back of their jersey... Provision 23, baby. No other name but the name of Jesus. Not my name but Jesus. Success. Ladies, prophesy success. Success in every area of your life. Every area of your life. Success going in. Coming out, hallelujah, in the city, in the field, success. Oh, 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 you've been praying for this. Come on, ladies, you've been praying for this. My God, I sit. On the behalf of Ian. Come on. We can't forget him. Come on, somebody. I said, right here on the behalf of Ian. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Touch Ian wherever he is, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, bless us with your presence and with your prosperity. But most importantly, bless us with your power to go back out in the field. And be faithful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies, clap your hands for these men who took the faith. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Father, I declare your blessing upon your people now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I call you blessed. I call you favored. I love this church. I love every one of you. In Jesus' name. Greet somebody in the door of the Lord. Amen. Amen.